0: Welcome
1: to the Picture Book Look Podcast.
2: I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf.
1: We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible.
2: As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams.
1: Kirsty can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit Kirstencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today.
2: Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirsty. Are you having a hoppy day? Because if not, I just want you to know that some bunny loves you.
1: Aw, thank you. That's so sweet. Knowing that helps me feel great about going down the rabbit hole with today's guests about their new book, No Bunnies Here. When a fierce-looking wolf appears in Bunnyville, one bunny takes it upon herself to save the entire Fluffle.
2: I love Fluffles of bunnies. Fluffles.
1: (sighs) So fun to say.
2: Yes. (laughs) And they were in a kerfuffle. I just can't resist kerfuffles and fluffles. So we're excited to talk to Tammy Rosbarak and their editor, Francis Gilbert, about this hopilicious book. Let's hop. I mean, talk. Let's Talk. (laughs)
1: Tammy, we're going to start with you. Can you tell us where you got the idea for this story?
2: Okay. Well,
3: every year I participate in Tara Lazar's StoryStorm. And for StoryStorm, the job is for a writer to come up with 30 possible ideas. And most of my ideas are terrible, but <laughs> there are usually a couple of gems out of the 30. And one of them was a title idea, and that title idea was called No Turkeys Here. Oh! <laughs> the plan, I wanted to write a Thanksgiving book about a turkey who is trying to save himself and his turkey pals from becoming the reader's Thanksgiving dinner. Well, my agent, Laura Renard, she loved the manuscript, but she was just a little worried that maybe readers might feel conflicted about their own big turkey dinner, so she asked if maybe I would consider a different character. So I thought chickens, because I love chickens, but I had just... <laughs> As Francis well knows. And I, but I had just sold a chicken book and then I thought, well, I'll do sheep. But then I had just sold a sheep book and then bunnies came to mind and I was like, oh, I've never done a bunnies book. And I love the word bunnies. I thought they'd make a really great cast of characters. Definitely. And so that's what I went with. So that's how that happened. I love wow.
4: that. I would love to see that list of rejected story <laughs> ideas. Francis,
3: I have lists from 2009. I have like a thousand <laughs> bad ideas.
2: I love it. That's
1: so, fabulous.
2: Francis. what was it about this story that made you want to acquire it? Tammy, I'm
4: horrified slash proud to say that I've been working with Tammy for 18 years. Wow. So wow. I published Tammy's first three picture book. The first one was Cowboy Camp, then Chicken Dance, and then the sequel to Chicken Dance, the wonderfully titled Bach and Roll. Oh my goodness. And, I love all of that. <laughs> <laughs> those.
2: Love chicken books.
4: And then <laughs> I published those at Sterling. And when I moved to Random House in 2012, I, you know, really, really wanted to bring Tammy over to Random House as well. And luckily, a few years ago, we worked on our first book together there, which was called Wordy Birdie. And then we worked on the sequel, which is... Again, the wonderfully titled Wordy Birdie Meets Mr. Cougar Pants. <laughs> 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 and so I, you know, obviously I will take as many Tammy manuscripts as I can get. And this one came in and it just felt absolutely just Vintage Tammy. And I think also like maybe vintage Tammy and Francis. Like, I don't know, Tammy, like I think you probably have, you know, texts that you probably think, oh, this is definitely a Francis text or this is something that actually this other editor would like more than Francis would. Absolutely. And I do remember that your agent, Laura, said this one's yours. I just like books that make me laugh my head off. And, you know, the thing that I often complain about is that even though I do love publishing funny books and I get lots and lots of submissions from agents of humorous manuscripts, very few of them are funny. And that really drives me crazy. I'm seeking these books that make me just absolutely howl with laughter, but it's really hard to find. It feels like an easy thing to do, but it's really, really difficult. And so I read Tammy's manuscript. I could instantly picture it because Tammy writes in a way where she's already thinking about how the illustrations are going to work. She understands that picture books are a physical package and you're not just telling a tale. You're also showing something visual. And so when I read Tammy's manuscripts, even though she writes in a very spare style, I can already picture the insane world she's conjuring up in her head. And um, so it was very easy for me to, uh, to fall in love with this book. Obviously I wanted to talk with Tammy again and it's a bunny book, which means I get to promote it in advance of Easter and you know as a publisher that's also a nice hook to have that we can imagine this on easter Absolutely. tables and bookstores
1: Yeah, definitely. So you have this amazing manuscript. What is your illustrator selection process like? Normally, I would come up with a list
4: of illustrators that I would like to work with. I have them all bookmarked or, you know, in days when I'm in the office, a huge file of people's printouts from portfolios. I also send a form to my art director that basically is sort of my visual vision for this book. Then they also go to town and start pulling their portfolio. And then we usually just kind of come together in, in some fashion and sort of narrow it down and then approach the agents of these illustrators to see who's available. In this case, in addition to doing that, I also said to Tammy,
3: is there someone you'd like to work with on this? Oh my goodness. I was like, (laughs) it has to be Ross Brack. It has to be. And one of my main reasons is because I loved his book, A Truck Full of Ducks. And I felt like if he could bring so much humor and energy to each one of those ducks, he could do the same for the bunnies. And so I just crossed my fingers and I told Francis what my wish was and I guess she made it happen. Amazing. Roz, I don't even
4: know if you remember this, but you came into the Random House offices a number of years ago and you met with Nicole DeLacera as our creative director and me and possibly some other editors around a table. I think you came in as like, you know, for a portfolio show and tell. And I remember your energy from that meeting and even afterwards thinking he's got a lot of energy going on. And so as soon as (laughs) I knew your work, of course, but then as soon as Tammy mentioned you and I thought about sort of the madness that's going on in Tammy's story, I thought, oh, okay, well, perfect. And then so when I said to my art director, Nicole, you know, we'd love to work with Ross for this. She was like, oh, of course. Yeah.
2: I love that. So that leads to our next question. Ross, what made you want yes. to work on this project?
0: First off, I am a huge fan of Tammy's writing and sense of humor. So, And I've always also wanted the opportunity to collaborate with her one day. I just remember even like mostly monsterly, just like all of them. But that one, I just remember in that book, there was just like, just like subtle humor, but it was just like so funny and well done. For this book is going to be fun to illustrate. As you read a manuscript, as an illustrator, you start just kind of envisioning the scenes and the characters in your mind. And there were just so many scenes and characters that I just knew would be fun to draw, you know, that would allow for like added humor and added asides, especially one in particular, the bunny parade. Uh, You just start envisioning how fun it's going to be to draw a parade of bunnies, just like hopping down the street (laughs) and, uh, you know, just like the different floats, like you can make carrot cars. And I specifically love to draw animals and especially like in a silly way, like uh, Tammy was saying with like truck full of ducks and this book basically gave me the opportunity to draw endless bunnies sure. when you get editors notes backs and they are in all caps saying more bunnies <laughs> we need more bunnies so you know like all of that really just kind of made me say yes to this book
4: Oh, that's so wonderful. We're so glad you did. And what you don't know is that More Bunnies is an editorial note that I put on every single book I (laughs) (laughs) watch.
1: Tammy, we really love how it's all told in dialogue from this one bunny. We love how the wolf actually doesn't say anything. We were talking about this before we started recording today. It really, the pacing of it, because the wolf doesn't answer back, is just so spot on. Can you just give us a look into the writing process? Well, in the first draft, it was a turkey, and the turkey was speaking directly to the reader.
3: Well, I didn't want to have a situation where the reader would be feeling conflicted about eating anything. (laughs) And so I thought, well, what might eat a bunny? And then I thought about the wolf. So basically the story stayed the same, but I was just able to swap things out. And then that wolf was kind of the stand in for a reader at home.
2: So Tammy, is there more about, you know, the actual writing process that you can share with us? What I
3: normally do with, I would say almost all of my picture books is I have a character that I just love but my job, I feel like, is to make life hard on that character. So I just throw more and more stuff at the character. And with this bunny, I just wanted to really increase his desperation. So I just <laughs> had to go a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And suddenly we have a bunny so parade. Perfect. So So <laughs> yes. anyway, so I'm always thinking about that, that I love
2: the character, but I got to make life hard on my character. That makes the story so much more fun to read. So it does. We did such a good job and with that. That.
1: Spread, that spread with the bunny parade and the bunny... Trying to cover the whole eyes <laughs> our just...
2: I know. Every spread oh is my so goodness. funny.
1: It really is. Just going to say, can I add a
4: quick note about the art notes? Because I imagine a lot of your listeners will think about this from time to time about how to add art notes. And Tammy does it so well in that she understands what they're used for, which is that I, as an editor, need to know what she is talking about. And if I don't, because, you know, because there are no notes and she makes some sort of like vague reference to something, I won't see how that's funny because I won't understand that there's going to be a contrast between what's happening in the art and what's happening in in Tammy's text. If I don't get that art note, I don't know what's happening. And as an editor, I'm probably going to stop reading. I mean, I wouldn't stop reading Tammy's book. I would call her and say, Tammy, what what the heck's going on on this page? But. If I'm getting a submission in from someone I don't know, and it feels like something's happening, but nobody bothered to tell me what it was, I'm too busy. I'm not going right. to read it anymore. So that that's makes why art sense. notes are important. Yeah, But, you know, the art notes that are, you know, less welcome are uh, when the author is trying to art direct and said, well, you know, this is a bunny wearing a blue shirt. He's about, you know, two and a half feet tall, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Then, then it wouldn't prevent me from acquiring a manuscript if I thought it was wonderful. And the truth is, I'm going to take out the art notes anyway. And I'm going to, you know, work with my creative director and we're going to add our own notes and maybe some of the authors and we're going to present this package to the illustrator in a way that we think is right. appropriate that makes sense. you know I know that people sometimes have some anxiety about our notes and they shouldn't they should simply just make it clear
2: what's happening yeah like that's all mm-hmm. they need
4: to do definitely that's a good
2: tip Francis, what was the editing process like for this story with Tammy's books the
4: editing is always such a breeze in normal circumstances the first thing I do when I'm editing and everybody has their own processes is I paginate the book I've read the story. I've loved it. I've acquired it. That's my moment of like, can I make this work? I've already committed to this in a very big way. As they say, it's where the rubber hits the road right now. I have to like go through this book and put it into these pages or these spreads. And I have to make sure it can really tell a visual story. You know, Tammy is very experienced picture book writer. She understands how picture books flow. She's already has the, the page breaks in mind. She might not necessarily include them her story is going to work. So I would do that. And then it's basically the text editing. Again, in other cases, it might be that, oh, you know, this character's personality seems to not be quite so consistent throughout. I might I might make some changes there. Some of them are obviously text changes where I, I think like, well, this line doesn't really land as strongly as, uh, as I need it to. With Tammy's books, I really never have to do that. They kind of come in sort of perfect. And I make very, very tiny changes here and there, like maybe one or two notes saying, hey, Tammy, like, I thought maybe this page turn might be more effective if we make this tiny little edit to this, this next page. I mean, I have a dialogue that probably lasts for like, you know, a few minutes and then we're done. It's pretty easy. And, and, you know, Tammy very generously in a seminar that we did a few months ago pointed out one little note that I had made in No Bunnies Here, which was literally just adding one word, the word, oh, <laughs> um, because I felt like as a reader, there was a moment where I wanted there to be more of a hard pause because I sensed that the character was changing its opinion on something. And so I, it's a tiny little note, but what I love about working with Tammy is that she often comes back later with more thoughts on what she's already created. You know, even once we have the artwork in, she'll say, you know, this word could be funnier than this other word. And Tammy and I have talked a lot about the sort of micro levels of humorous writing where, you know, in this book, turns out the wolf likes organic salads with a side of (laughs) pinto beans. And so, you know, organic salad is funnier than salad. And Tammy knows that. And if Tammy hadn't given me organic salad at the beginning. I'm sure she would have come back later on and said, I was just thinking, I think organic salad is going to be funnier. So there's always those little tweaks and I always really appreciate that.
1: That really amps up the humor. It's amazing. You're right. One word can make such a huge impact on a whole page spread or a whole book. Ross, you get this manuscript and it's hilarious to start and then you take your art to it and it just makes it even funnier. Can you share with us a little bit about your illustration process
0: so basically when i get a manuscript like the first thing i try and do especially for a book where there's such like two strong main characters is i try and get the main characters designed because that kind of that gives me a feel so when i do the sketches for the rest of the book you know and in this book the two main characters are a bunny and a wolf and i wanted a bunny that was a bit snarky with like a bit of a flawed overconfidence and so i thought i would just sketch and sketch and sketch i do like sometimes, like, upwards of, like, 100 sketches until, like, I get a feel that I think is just right. And these are just, like, quick sketches, but it's weird. As an artist, it's, like, really just, like, this, like, feeling, like, after you've designed so many characters where it's, like, you can slightly adjust anything. It'd be, like, the eyes, the ears, the roundness, and all of these characters, they're subtle, but they either make the character work or not work. And for this book, like, I grew up on Bugs Bunny, and then as I got older, the Ant Maniacs, and which both had these type of kind of quick-thinking, clever rabbits that could talk themselves out of any situation... So when I was drawing, I had that kind of like character in mind, but I didn't want that look, but I was just thinking of that character. And then what's fun about a book like this, I mentioned I did like so many different bunny designs, is that any of the bunnies that didn't make it as the main character, they just end up in the bunny parade. And so like I can use all the sketches. (laughs) So like you might see this like fluffy blue bunny now in the parade that potentially could have been the main character of the book. But maybe for another book, Mm. they'll get that role. And then, you know, After I'm happy with the characters, I roughly sketch the storyboards and then I kind of wait for feedback from Francis and Tammy. And then I started to develop like a color palette and theme for the book. Like I just want something that's like fun and vibrant and spring feeling. And, you know, just so that's what I went for. And then I sketch everything in pencils and then I bring the designs into the computer and I do a combination of acrylics, colored pencils and digital textures with Photoshop brushes. So that's kind of the process when I'm doing it. It's just about like page turns and finding the comedy, you know, it's all about just finding like what sketches work, where you want a lot of art, where there could be busy. And then like, sometimes you want a joke to land, you want to have less art. There's like room to breathe. So there's just like a lot of subtle things that you think about, but that's really, I'd say like the process.
1: I love it. It's so cool.
2: So we have one last question for all three of you, and we're going to start with you, Francis. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? I don't
4: want them to learn anything. I just want them to laugh really <laughs> hard. I love that.
2: Ross, how about you? I definitely
0: want them to laugh. If they have a pet bunny, potentially they can dress it up as a <laughs> unicorn.
2: I love it. What about you, Tammy? That's great. Well, that's my
3: primary goal, too. I love picture books that make me laugh, and I love being able to create that kind of joy for other people. I want them to touch their hearts a little bit. I want them to laugh out
1: loud. I want them to have moments of connection with whomever they might be reading that book with. A big thank you to Tammy, Ross, and Francis for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for No Bunnies Here. Check out the show notes to learn more about Tammy and Ross and their other fabulous books. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode, and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening, and
2: happy looking picture book look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.